You are Locked On Mavericks, your daily podcast on the Dallas Mavericks. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. This is going to be huge. 360 in the contract, never that. I just take the contact, I'll bring it back. I'm running on the fast break, behind the back. Yeah, this, that, this, that, this, that. Dirk with the Mavs. On the Dallas Mavericks. My name is Nick Angstead, media member at MavsMoneyBall.com, and I am joined, as always, by my co-host, writer of Mavs.com, guy that's been home this entire time. What you got for me, Isaac Harris? I love how you like put the blame on me that we haven't had a podcast. <laughs> <laughs> no, okay. So for the listeners, take the blame, Nick. Take it for the listeners. I was in New York from Thursday until Sunday. I got back at 3 a.m. Actually, Monday, technically Monday morning, my time. And uh, so we tried to have a podcast. We even recorded a little bit of a podcast yesterday while I was in JFK Airport, <laughs> like waiting for my flight. We tried. The Wi-Fi just wasn't good enough. And so we couldn't do a podcast. And we didn't want to put one out there that sounded really bad, just me over the phone or something. So we decided not to do that. We tried like in my hotel room a couple times, but it just didn't work out. And it, nothing huge has happened. So we didn't really feel you know it was super pressing. And we're back. We're here. We're ready. We're talking about the Mavs today. Talking about our summer league thoughts. We're getting in. Uh, talking about Costas on Tetacumpo over Jalen Jones for that two-way spot. Mavericks made that move. A couple other deals. Jalen Brunson signed his deal. And there's some interesting things with that, so you want to stick around and listen to that. Then the Yogi Ferrell deal. What's going on with that? Is there any news with Yogi? Why is everything that is happening with Yogi? What's happening with him? <laughs> Do the Mavericks have too many under six foot, under six foot three guards? <laughs> we'll talk about all that. So that's what we're getting into today, Isaac. It's been um, a fun past four days, uh, not podcasting. No, um, yeah, it's only I been haven't... four days. It feels like forever. Yes, and uh, we do apologize, but we we back, we back. I don't really apologize. Uh, <laughs> I'm unapologetic. It's crazy though <laughs> when we think back. We think back at it because we took over at the end of May, first of June last year. Yeah, and it's just been a you know crazy full year worth of podcasting. We had it in uh, our minds that we were going to do five a week, like all through the summer. Yes. I was thinking about the differences between last summer and uh, and this summer. I was like, man, just so many different like storylines and life events. And yeah. now like a year later, somebody tweeted this at us a while back. And they're like, man, I've been there since day one. Now, like a full year later, Nick is in Florida. Isaac is about to have a kid. Yeah. And like, it's look crazy. how crazy it's a uh, year's been. Life Speaking happens, that, man. Life comes at you fast. Fast. <laughs> Ask Isaiah Thomas. But so uh, he's living mile Isaiah Thomas, he's living mile high right now speaking of isaiah thomas and small people our babies on the <laughs> should be coming soon you must maybe spit my water <laughs> um we went to the doctor on friday and the baby doctor said hey pretty much uh start every day like it could be the day like leave your house in the morning we're like holy crap the so, people could uh, hear that. Maybe they could hear, but my eyes got so big. <laughs> Man, that's that's a proposition for a, for a doctor so, to tell you. So literally, he could, uh, he could come in the, uh, like right now, as you're listening to this, we could be going to the hospital, or he could, sometime over the next two or three weeks. So uh, she is full Man. term, and it is good to go from this point on. And his name is Vincent Carter-Harris. 
I pushed for that. Did I you did you ask for Vincent? I asked for Deshaun. Like Deshaun <laughs> Stevenson? <laughs> Deshaun Harris. Deshaun Harris. And like he walks in, he's a half Brazilian, half white kid. <laughs> <laughs> like, uh, this is not Deshaun. <laughs> That's funny. Oh man. Man. So yeah, we're excited exciting. and uh yeah, so yeah. Isaac wanted to tell me a story today, and he he I text him something. He responds, "Call me," and he called me, left a voicemail, like all this stuff. So I'm seeing these missed calls and Nikki, texts from him. Do you love me? And uh, I I picked up the phone. I look at my wife, and I go, "Oh my gosh, they had their baby." <laughs> <laughs> and I pick it up, and Isaac just has this story. He wants to talk to me about fish. <laughs> fish in the ocean, <laughs> not. <laughs> So this weekend, I was part of the uh, Adidas Gauntlet Series with the uh, the AAU tournament that they have in New York. Uh, I went out. If you guys saw on my Twitter, I was posting all the time. We were live on Twitch. We broadcast 17 games in three days. <laughs> and uh, there's a lot of research, a lot of me learning these guys. I've seen a couple of them before. I worked at an event earlier this year for them. But got to do that with my guy Jimmy Cook. It was a good time. Uh, saw a lot of really awesome guys that I want to talk to talk about eventually, but I just don't know when I'm going to be able to. So I'm just going to do it right now. There's this team called the Compton Magic. They won the whole Gauntlet Championship two overtimes against D1 Minnesota. And Compton Magic have these three guys you need to you need to remember and watch out for. The first one is Onyeka Akungwu. He was the fourth starter with the Ball Brothers on Chino Hills. He still plays for Chino Hills. And they were 35-0 and and won the state championship when the Ball Brothers were there. And then he won another state championship with Chino Hills when the Ball Brothers were gone. <laughs> so this guy is so good. He's like a six foot ten guy that can block shots, defend. He's got a little jumper now. He's kind of developed. He's, just, he's a freight train, too. He's just a big dude. So he's a guy to watch out for. And then on the same team, so they start a Kung Wu, and then they also start these two Mobley brothers. There's uh, Isaiah and Evan Mobley. They're both like 6'10", 6'11". Isaiah calls himself a point forward, so he has ball handling skills. He can shoot. He can pass. And then uh, Evan Mobley calls himself a stretch four, so he's got a little jumper. He's excellent around the rim, like elite around the rim. He just finishes literally everything. And so this team starts three centers. (laughs) pretty much on this team because they're just the best players. And then their shooting guard is this guy named Johnny Juzang. And he's like Clay Thompson. He doesn't shoot as well as Clay Thompson, but he's like six, seven. He's long. And this guy, I mean, these are 17 year olds. So, so they're still like, they could still grow and stuff, but they ended up winning the whole thing in two overtimes against D one Minnesota. D one Minnesota has this guy named Matthew hurt on their team. I think he's number five in the country, according to rivals. And uh, he's like a 6'10 guy that can shoot the three really, really well. He's pretty good around like the All rim. of these guys are like 6'10. I know. Well, the, it was all big guys that made it far in, mm. in, uh, in those two teams. And then there's another guy that was in the semifinal. And his name is this is a name you need to remember because he's about to shoot up draft boards and shoot up you know, these rankings. His name is Oscar Shubway. It's, like, it's spelled like T S I E B W E. Uh, he's from the Congo. He's only been playing basketball for four years. And the dude is, like, built like DeMarcus Cousins. And he can play like him. He blocks shots. He averaged, like, five blocks and two steals for the whole weekend. And wow. uh, they play 32-minute games. <laughs> so, Dang. Yeah. He, and uh, he had eight, rebound, eight offensive rebounds in every single game, too. So the guy just can grab everything. 20 and 10 kind of guy. 
and uh, he can pass really well too. So he's he's just a, a like he's a huge dude already, and he's only seventeen. So these those are the big guys to to watch out for at least from the Adidas Gauntlet circuit. You saw James Harden too. Saw James Harden, didn't see him play, but he was wearing a shirt with his own face on it, which is a baller move. Got to love that. And then, uh, oh, there's another guy named Jalen uh, Jalen Green, who I think Bronson? is the number one player in the class of 2019. Uh, he's a he's a six six kind of guard. He just the thing about him, he, they went out really early in the tournament. They were coached by Lionel Hollins, the uh, the former oh, Nets, so Nets and Memphis coach, uh, and their coach before Lionel Hollins was Sam Mitchell. <laughs> Just two former NBA coaches coaching them. But Jalen Green, their team, they just drove so much, and they drove without knowing what they were going to do. You know how players, they just, like, put their head down, drive in the paint, and they have no plan? Yeah. But the the kid has so much talent. I mean, he he can – he is so quick. He kind of, like, like – Wesley Matthews. <laughs> no comment. He, he's so talented. He uh, I think he was the FIBA player of the year for their uh, – like 16 and under championship when they went and won, or maybe it was 17 and under when they went and like won against the world. So guys had a lot of experience, but he'll be interesting too. He just didn't really make it far in the tournament. So there you go. That's, that's my update. I saw, I saw coach K. I saw Calipari. I saw Jim Boeheim. I saw, saw Bob Huggins. <laughs> mm, not too bad. I saw Did- Mike Miller. It's random. He's the assistant from Memphis now with Penny Hardaway and Sam Mitchell. <laughs> They're going to be pulling out all these recruits now. I saw David West. Oh. He has a team. James Harden, obviously, he had a team. His team played one game and lost, and he never came back. <laughs> uh, who else? I saw? I, saw like Danny Green. I saw Danny Green, but he wasn't even at the tournament. He was at something else. Who else did I see? I feel like I saw Kyle one. Lowry. I didn't see Kyle Lowry, but they had a team. They made it to the semifinals. Hmm. I think that was, those are the only players I saw. Interesting. Yeah, but it was a great weekend. It was good. Um, if anybody, if anybody tuned into the broadcast, I'd be interested to see what you what you thought about it. I was uh, I was doing color, which is kind of kind of interesting since I never played or anything. But I felt like we did all right. Interesting. Yeah. Now we need. Now we're gonna call a Mavericks game this next year. <laughs> yeah, it'd be it'd be hard for me to do it here, but that's true. We should have done that. True, see, we got to do these things when we think about them because you never know when. So Inside the minds of Nick and I, we debated on calling a game last year and testing it out and seeing if somebody would want it. But we didn't really know. The, the biggest problem for me is I didn't know what platform to do it on. Yeah, like we could have done it on Periscope, Facebook Live, things like that. But I don't know. Yeah, we don't have the rights mm-hmm. to broadcast the game part of it with it. You know? <laughs> so. Very true. Very true. We don't want to get in trouble. But anyway, so all right, that's an update on our lives. That's what's going on with us. Figured we'd talk about that a little bit since we've been on this break. So when we come back, we'll give you our thoughts from NBA Summer League and why this was the most important Summer League in NBA history. (laughs) All right, Isaac. The Mavericks have been eliminated from championship contention in July. (laughs) How? (laughs) <laughs> well, with the summer league, <laughs> I keep saying yes. that all over Reddit that this team has been eliminated, or the the Cavs eliminated the Raptors the other day, and everybody's making a bunch of jokes about it. I saw one of my favorite stats of the summer was, uh, or just a few days ago was Archie Goodwin becomes the all time leading scorer in summer league history. <laughs> <laughs> That's a perfect player to lead in scoring. It would have been better it's if like, it was like Archie Diakono. You know, <laughs> it's like I have no clue how to feel about that. 
I know. I don't think I know anything about Archie Goodwin. I think I know he's fast. I think that's the only he's from Kentucky, and he's like a he's like a six 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 seven guy. Who do you he play, would, you would who think... do he play with in, at Kentucky? Is it oh gosh, team? I can't even remember. No, he was before Booker. I'm interested. I'll look it up. Anyway. Considering you know, I do actually watch like Kentucky and Louisville players. Wow, you do watch uh, Louisville players in college? Wow. Yeah, like yeah. <laughs> Of course, I wouldn't know about any of these guys, you know, coming from wow, my state. So much but, salt. So much salt. Um, but no. So, I guess the last, one of the last few days before in Summer League, news came out that Dallas waived Jalen Jones. I'm not going to lie, that that kind of surprised me. The thing, like, about, the thing about Jalen Jones is he had good games to start Summer League, and then he just kind of trailed off. He kind of trailed off, but I still, like, I was impressed by it. Like, I mean, I, I feel like I said on the pod, like, I was really impressed by his summer league. I was impressed by, like, I feel like he, he was shooting the ball better. His size at, the, like, the 6'8", six, 6'9", six, like, that's what what we need is all those type of bodies. Yeah. And, by the um, way, Archie Goodwin's team was the Willie Cauley-Stein, Nerlens. Um, He's a Nerlens guy. That was it. Okay, okay. Um. But no, I, yeah, Alex I was just, you know, they, they waved Jalen at first and that was the only news that we had at the beginning when we got the uh, press release. It's like, well, that, that's kind of surprising, kind of eyebrow raising. And then we signed Costas and that was a uh, conspiracy theory still stands. That was, <laughs> that was fun. Um, my only thing that's like really frustrating with me and you know, and I, I tweeted this over the weekend and of course, like. So many people, you know, tweeted at me and was like, no, you're stupid. This is just how it's going to be. It's like, can we at least... That sounds like Twitter. <laughs> Twitter. Um, can we at least, like, appreciate the prospect that he is? That Jalen we- Jones is or Costas? Costas. Oh, oh, the tweet about why we can't appreciate Costas without talking about his brother? Yes. Um, I, he, he's just like, I understand, like, people brought up the Steph and Seth. I get that. Yeah. But, like... We we were treating Seth like when we signed uh, Seth when he you know, he had his rights renounced in Sacramento. We yeah. signed him to that like two year six million dollar deal. People were talking about like Seth as a prospect of hey man like he yeah. he could be a shooter like he could develop. He's not as good as Steph blah blah blah. And I just want us to give Costas that chance because we just have a much bigger sample size for Seth and other players. Kinda I guess I mean. At the time, like we didn't have a ton, um, because he was a late bloomer coming out of college. Because he went to Liberty. Shout out to Liberty, my yeah, college. the Flames. And uh, and then he, you know, he set out a year because he transferred to Duke, and so then he had you know a couple more seasons at Duke. And so anyway, and then it just he D League all that stuff. So like, yeah, we had a little bit more staff. Wow, I but, totally I mean, forgot it was called the D League when you just said that. It sounded oh, so I, weird. I, I didn't forget. <laughs> I don't know why I it sounded so I'm weird. I'm still not used to the G League. Um, D League. That sounds so weird. But but no, I just I just want us to appreciate it because it's just gonna be so old, man. Like I mean he's already heard it from us when we talked to him at practice. People <laughs> asking about Giannis and like now we're gonna get like the normal media you know, like the other media people that will just show up for some games and everybody's gonna be talking to him about it and just appreciate I just want us I don't want him to be viewed as this bargaining chip of he's only here because we want to improve Giannis relations in three years. I want us to see like 
fans to appreciate him and like what he could become. Well, I think you take it. I I would take it the other way. Like, yeah, you you talk about that, but I think it's only in jest that he's like a bargaining chip for Giannis. But the idea of like he could become his brother, you know what I mean? I think I think that's also what people talk about a lot when it comes to him. Which and that's just gonna be I super hard, and though. And it, like, it, well, of course. I mean, guy's gonna be MVP candidate this year, but he only played 15 minutes a game at Dayton. You know, I mean, yeah. we don't have a ton to work off from that, and so you're kind of really going all on. Uh, potential and pedigree, and so his pedigree is what it's his brother, and so he. Ha- I mean, it's gonna be he's gonna be synonymous, and it doesn't help that the name is like the most recognizable name <laughs> for sure. <laughs> you know, they're obviously brothers. It's not like they're the like Taylor and Blake Griffin, where it could be you know where they're yeah. not, but they they are. I just want to. He he's very intriguing to me as a prospect, and he has very good defensive instincts. He's super yeah. long, mm-hmm. obviously. And I like to see what he could become as a four or five. And he's so going to be, su- <laughs> yeah. And like, he's going to be super fun for like the legends to like mess around with and like just uh, use him as this multiple tooled guy. And uh, yeah. yeah. Well, the legends playing for the legends with coach McKinnon is going to be really, really good for him. Heck yeah. It might bring in some, I mean, can you imagine if Giannis came down to a legends game? He already watched a summer league game. Yeah. Oh, he was at like uh, multiple Mavs summer league games to watch his brother, and like they're all like super, super tight. So like, can you imagine? Especially if it's a, you know, Milwaukee's in town playing, and like the Legends have a game like yeah. the next day or something. Can you imagine the amount of people or something like if Giannis walked in and Frisco up there? That'd be awesome. That would be wild. Get your Giannis to Dallas signs in now. <laughs> Get him ready. Make him up. Head to Frisco. Uh, what do you think this means about Ray Spalding? Because it was interesting to me. The the first thing I thought of, honestly, when Costas was picked over Jalen Jones, I was like, what does this mean for Ray Spalding? Because it seemed like Costas kind of leapfrogged him with with this move specifically, not even with his you know play. Yeah, it, it was kind of surprising as far as I feel like Ray had shown more for sure. Right. And so like when this happened, this immediately just screamed one thing to me him or Motley will have a regular spot and the other one would have a two way. So like if they move Motley to a regular spot and then give Ray the two way, or you could see, uh, I I think you could see something like Motley stay at the two way and they give Ray like one of those Collingsworth deals. Like, um, yeah, it's like that three year deal. Yeah. Speaking of like vague terms, um, of like, yeah, like a three year, but it's, but it's very team like super team friendly where they can just wave him kind of at any time. Yeah, in like guaranteed money like the first year, um, because you know that whatever the Mavericks have shown that they you know whatever with guaranteed money, and then yeah those two you know second and third year deals it's like to where they have control of him it's a it's a it's an actual contract but they have control of him going forward so I don't expect him to go anywhere. It's just a matter of how he stays. At this point in time, would you give the two-way spot, or would you give the roster spot to Motley or Spalding? Ray Spalding. I would too. Who would I rather have moving forward? Ray Spalding. Who I think will be a better overall prospect moving forward? Ray Spalding. I'm with you. And you knew about him before, so. Did I? I didn't know that. I don't. I guess, yeah. Well, okay, so for the people that maybe have not listened to the podcast or – 
you know, haven't been really keeping up. What separates Ray Spalding from Jonathan Motley, and why are we kind of moving on from Motley? We we talked about this a little bit, but if you haven't listened to the podcast, this is why. <laughs> I, I was ready to answer that until you said moving on from Motley. I I hate to say like moving on from Motley because I like Jonathan Motley, and I think there's a place. It feels for, like it feels like you're moving on from him when you're like replacing him with somebody else. It's like have having pick, another kid. Yeah. Like you're about to have your first kid, but then once you have your second kid, you replace that first kid. <laughs> but but no, but here's the thing. But if you have the mindset that like what Donnie was saying with the center position as the bullpen. He is a reliever type of role. Like Motley has one of those bullpen type of roles. He's like your and, setup guy. If you're if you're doing the baseball analogy, he's like your your seven eight guy that can maybe do like an inning and a half. He's like a setup. Cool. Yeah. So to where like, for instance, like if you if you're going against like a healthy Demarcus Cousins type, you know, right now Ray Ray Spalding is working completely on putting on weight. Like he gained ten pounds since the combine. You know, he weighed 215 to combine. He's at like 226 now. He wants to be at like 230 coming camp. Like he's putting on the weight and stuff to be able to bang with these other bigs. But like right now, Ray would probably get pushed around a little bit by like somebody like DeMarcus Cousins. So if you go against a bigger body like a Cousins, like a Valanchunas, it's nice to have the Motley type to throw in there and say, hey, go bang with him. Because that's that's what Motley's you know, does. He can bang. And so like you said, like, why Why would I pick Spalding over Motley? Just in, like, how the league is today, like, I believe in, like, Spalding's shot better than Motley yeah. and being able to be that stretch five. And a big thing is he's just a lot more fluid than Motley is. Motley's a little choppy when it comes. I know Motley has the, you know, he's been, he has that Euro step. But, like, when you see Spalding, like, there's different times Spalding will get a rebound and he'll take off. And Spalding can, like, run the break kind of and handle the ball, make the correct pass. I like Spalding's defense more than Motley. So there's not there's a spot for Motley in the league for sure, but if I have to pick between the two, I'm taking Spalding. I don't know if there's a spot for Motley in the league. If there is It's like what I said before, I think Valanchunas is like should be his goal right now. But he's I mean he's he's smaller than Valanchunas. For sure. He, you have to have a post game like that, and I don't know if he has a post game like that. That's yes, that's true too. And he, the the key to Molly, Molly has to be able to develop a three like that has to, because it's like we said before in breaking down these you know these bigs on the roster. If you can't hit the three, then you have to as a five. Then you have to be excellent in the other categories, aka DeAndre Jordan. DeAndre cannot hit a three, but he is a great. Like he he can protect the rim and he plays above the rim and he can rebound at a very very high clip. So like you have to be able to be an an elite like rim roller rebounder if you can't hit an outside shot. And I don't know which one of those categories Motley is great in. Yeah, that's our question. He's he's rebounded well in the G League. You know he's double digit rebound kind of guy. But I don't know if he's a gobble up rebounds. You know like. Andre Drummond type, you know, or, or like yeah, that kind exactly. of guy. So, and he's not, and like, he wants to be DeMarcus Cousins, I feel like. You know what I mean? Like, he wants that kind of game where he has, you know, he's, he's a great scorer and all this, but I just don't know if the skills are there. So, I think another year, another year in the two-way, we'll see how his shot develops. Let's see how his defense, you know, plays out. It's interesting that these two-way guys have all seemed to be bigs. You know, like even Jalen Jones have all seemed to be 
big guys. Yeah, and really when you look at beyond DeAndre, then you would have the exact um, bullpen that Donnie Nelson was talking in our story like before the draft when he said, like, you got to have your pogo shot blocker, Mesri. You got to have your stretch five, Dirk. You got to have your, you know, big bruiser down low, Motley. Like those three behind DeAndre would fit the bullpen description. It's Maxie just two in that. Yeah, it's just like you have DeAndre, so like you don't really need. He's the, your starter guy that takes you, you know. Yeah, and you want. Kind of, yeah, you want DeAndre to have 30, 35 minutes a night. So then you're trying to figure out where does, in like where does the Motley, Dwight Powell, Dirk. Salah, where does all of these guys fit into those remaining, you know, minutes after that? So, and just for the record, I think Dirk Dirk starts. I, I think Wes comes off the bench. Ooh, Dirk DeAndre, Dirk DeAndre, Dennis Doncic, and Barnes. Yeah, I think Luca. We got to come up with two. a D name for Harrison Barnes. I think Luca will start off, start off at the two, Barnes at the three, Dirk and DeAndre, and they'll run it for a couple minutes, and then they'll swap out Dirk for Wes. Those, that was one of the options we thought, and uh, we'll see. We'll see what happens with that. Coming up Amari. next, we'll tell you why the Jalen Brunson deal was a little different than we expected. All right, Isaac. Jalen Brunson signed to his deal. He's a he was obviously picked in the second round. What was interesting about the Jalen Brunson deal, and why did it make it different than other deals? Um, it's just they treated him like a first rounder. And treat him like he was uh, a pick kinda in even, the tw- kind of even more than that. <laughs> yeah, I mean, treat him as a like kind of like a pick in the early twenties, something like that, twenties compared to a second rounder. And uh, you you uh, you're seeing some of these early seconds that uh, teams really like, like Javon Carter. I think he got a similar type of deal for yeah. Memphis. Looked great in summer league, and uh, I think it just it just shows really Dallas's commitment to him. You know, I tweeted out right after they drafted Brunson and hearing them talk about him, I tweeted out and said, "Hey, just an observation from me." I because like as soon as they drafted him, I seen different things of like, man, I can't wait to watch him in Frisco in the you know G League, different stuff like that. And I tweeted out right then, I was like, man, I don't think he's gonna be a G League player. <laughs> like, I think they will actually want him on the roster and figuring this stuff out now compared to like a project. So they really like him a lot. And yeah, I mean, they gave him a, a four year deal, three years, um, three years three, guaranteed, right? Yeah. Three yeah. years guaranteed. And that's where the difference is. Even in the first round, like the rookie scale deals are pretty much all set. You can, you can change the amount of money from like a hundred percent to eight, down to 80%, down to like 120%. <laughs> so you can, you can change it. You you can, there's like a slider scale that you can take with those and change the money up. But as far as how the deals are structured, first two deals, first two years are guaranteed. Second two years are team options. And then the fifth year is you're restricted. And that's where we're seeing guys like, what we talked about the other day with the 2019 free agents with like Towns and Porzingis. And those guys are starting to hit their restricted, you know, their restricted year. So uh, three years guaranteed to me, it says, you know, they want to commit to him and they like him a lot because, you know, even first round picks, they don't have three years like guaranteed, you know? Yeah. And in the, the whole process right now with Yogi, with them rescinding his qualifying offer that opened up more cap. Now with that, and, um, it's, it gets very confusing with this. They rescind his offer, but they still own like a type of bird rights for him, and to where they can still sign him over the cap, which is it gets really confusing. Um, 
because of the order. We've talked about this a little bit, yeah. but the order of operations and they, they save certain deals to be signed till later so they can sign it by going over, you know, the, the, the salary cap and blah, blah, blah. So like they wanted to sign Brunson to this multi-year deal they rescind Yogi's qualifying offer, opens up more cap. So this gives them the cap to sign Brunson to this deal, which will probably be in the a little over a million, uh, probably for this first year, million and a half, um, one point five, something like that, somewhere through there for this first year. And then, so now they're figuring out like, hey, how much do we give to um, to Yogi? How much do we give to Dirk? Does one of them fit into the exception? Are they waiting to you know to see if anybody else slips through the cracks? Kind of. Just kind of, um, which it's been about, it's been two weeks, guys. <laughs> yeah. They've, the cracks have fallen, like they've fallen through. Yeah. So, and then, you know, if they bring, well, it looks like they are for sure, but like you and Yogi comes back, that gives you Yogi Brunson, JJ, and Dennis. Um, yeah. And I, we, we will talk about this a lot as far as how small, uh, these four guards are, but, it kind of reminds me of they are the Mavericks have shown, especially Donnie with just like with this looking back type of thing of forming this new big three and talking about Finley Nash and Dirk before of, you know, this whole like Luca part of it now and Dennis and all this stuff. It kind of like if you want to draw those comparisons again, it's almost like they're trying to form their new JJ and Devin with like a Brunson and Yogi. <laughs> yeah. That's and funny. like, of like, you know, Devin plays this one, two position, you know, more get up in your grill type thing. JJ is this, uh, I mean, Brunson is this, um, what JJ whatever is, yeah, yeah this pick and roll savvy type point guard, all this stuff. And it's like, if they could take those two and try to groom them into, Hey, be our next Devin and JJ in the second unit. Um, I don't know. I just, I could see those parallels between the two for when, like, yeah, it looks on paper right now, it looks kind of dumb. <laughs> I'm saying, hey, we have four guards under 6'3", but you never know. I mean, we don't know if JJ's telling them, hey, this is the last year of my, year of my contract. I'm, I'm probably going to retire after this and focus on my kids. You never know. Mm-hmm. If he does, coach in Puerto Rico. <laughs> yeah, if he does do that, then Brunson steps right in his second year as the next, like, JJ predecessor kind of, and, you know, whatever on, on going forward with that. So. And we saw last year how it doesn't – like your second unit guards don't matter. It doesn't matter as much. Their like their height doesn't matter as much. <laughs> you know, yeah. we saw that lineup of JJ, Devin, and Yogi succeed at the highest level. I mean, they were one of the best units in basketball, and they're you know six three and under. So the six three and under thing, I think, only really matters in the starting lineup because that's when you're playing the star players. That's when you're playing the guys that are you know the the Clay Thompsons, the Jimmy Butlers. You know, the guys that are these big guards. Uh, second units, if you can, you know, dribble, pass, and shoot in your in a second unit, <laughs> like, yeah. you're, you're doing pretty good. So, I will Not say this with the Yogi contract, I'm very interested to see what it is. Yeah, when be. they, when it looked like he was going to play on his qualifying offer, you know, that kind of made sense from Yogi's standpoint, from the team of saying, "Hey, let's play this year. You'll be a rest- unrestricted free agent next year." There might be a team that. You know, if he has a good year this year, that he can, you know, just be a starting compete for a starting point guard spot. It'll be very interesting if Yogi signs a multi-year deal in Dallas because, yeah, that means he is signing up. And what is Dallas telling him as far as he's not going to be a starting point guard? Dennis is obviously that going forward for the next 
a long time, hopefully. So, like, what are they selling to Yogi to sign? Because there has they, to be other they, teams. They just signed, like, his replacement. Almost, they, yeah. you know, in Brunson. Exactly. So, like, what are they selling to Yogi as far as, hey, like, J.J. might retire soon. Hey, we want you to be... Like, if we trade West, like, we might like you as a two-guard. You know, like, that's my thing. Because you, you have to imagine, like, even if – I know Yogi is he's not, like, some, like, crazy sought-after free agent. But you have to imagine some of these teams are out, out there that need point guard depth have been in contact with him saying, hey, like, we want to sign you on for, like, around the same price for a couple years and come in and be our primary backup or something like that. If he comes back to Dallas and we have JJ and we just drafted Brunson and Dennis is starting, like, I just wonder what that message is and like what he's signing on for, you know? Yeah, that'll be interesting. We'll see that in the coming days, what that looks like. And I think the only thing that the Mavericks maybe are waiting on, and we talked about the slipping through the cracks, is Sacramento. Sacramento still has all this space. <laughs> maybe they do something with it, maybe they don't. But uh, that to me is one thing that I think might stand in the way of the Mavericks going and getting a guy because the map the the, uh, <laughs> the Sacramento Kings are right now what Seattle is to a lot of the the like NBA cities like look we could move to Seattle or give us a new arena you know like that kind of yeah. leverage deal so Sacramento still sits out there we we saw you know, who was it uh Zach Levine <laughs> signed a deal with with Sacramento there, I think there was one more Marcus Smart's like flirting with Sacramento there's somebody else I think that has talked about going to Sacramento, but like there. I mean Jabari. Jabari entertained it. Like they at least showed a little interest in him. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. that was the other one. Is you know Jabari had you know kind of flirted with them and used them as leverage. <laughs> so as soon as Sacramento is done being used for leverage, <laughs> then uh, yeah, then maybe we'll see another deal like that. And that and might you, not it, happen either. They might go into the the you know the season under the the cap floor, which is you know teams have done. Yeah, and you you just never know what what can happen and who can like sh- you know shake free. Like, look at the situation with Chicago. We're going to talk about Jabari later on in the week, but like, look with Jabari when Chicago you know signed Jabari, they had to immediately waive two players in Nwaba and then Paul Zipser. Zipser, I like Zipser. Both like, of those guys are are good, like interesting oh, guys. I love Nwaba, but like I think he might go back to uh, Chicago. But like it's those types of situations where like somebody like a Paul Zipser, like a six seven German you know wing that actually yeah. played decent for Chicago last year. Like you just don't know those type of situations to where they like signed Jabari late and they have to waive these two type of guys. And Dallas still has this room right now that can go after like one of them. If they really love Paul Zipser and he just suddenly became free and they're like, Hey, we actually have money right now. Let's do this to where if like Sacramento did this with like Marcus smart or something like that. And they had to release somebody that Dallas really likes, or you just never know those type of situations. I know that like, Jabari situation was weird, but like even Milwaukee renounced his qualifying offer, allowed him to be an unrestricted free agent. They did that because there was this mutual understanding and stuff. You just never know what could happen. So there's a reason why Dallas is letting this stuff play out still. But yeah, you just go from that. Like, what if for some reason Rodney Hood and Cleveland decide to mutually say, "Hey, just just let me go." Like something happens and they take away his qualifying offer and say, "We're just going to let him walk." Like, what if? Like, that's the same. Like, Could if, happen. You, if you don't have the money, you can't do anything. But, like, Dallas is one of the only teams that I know it's still like five or six million, whatever it is. But, like, you still have that to where if something crazy happened, you could swing or something like that. So, for sure. 
You could swing for that. You could swing for more episodes of Locked on Mavs later this week. We are uh, we're back. I think we're back kind of consistently. I don't have anything in my schedule. Do you have any like big life altering events that could happen in your near future that could affect podcast scheduling? I don't think so. Someday we're gonna have a kid, but I don't just know. Vincent Carter Harris. <laughs> Vincent Carter. What you know? What's funny is I'm gonna call him Vincent Carter Harris. So his name is Roman Chiago Harris. His name is Vincent Carter. Harris. <laughs> Vincent Carter. And so like everybody on my wife's side of the family in Brazil says that Roman is like the hardest name to say in Portuguese. And they're like, we just can't say Roman. <laughs> so like they're all going to call him Chiago. And then like when we tell like my side of the family here, like, oh, his middle name's Chiago. And they're like, so it starts with a C? Like, I'm like, no, no, <laughs> yeah. no. Chi is like a TH sound. And they're like, Thiago? It's like, no, none of them can say it. So like, yeah, like, like Tiago Splitter. <laughs> <laughs> yes. It's like Tiago Splitter with, with an H in between the T and the I. But, yeah, it's it's funny seeing the differences in cultures and stuff. But we're super excited. That It's going to be awesome. I'm excited. I'm excited for Vincent Carter-Harris to come. Guys, thanks so much for listening to Locked on Maps. We'll be back tomorrow. We promise. Tomorrow. <laughs> Peace out. Boom. <laughs>